0: Coochie Coochie! Welcome to So It's a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai and Rory's pop culture references on Gilmore Girls. I'm Kyla. And I'm trying not to laugh too hard at your Coochie Coochie. But also, my birth name is Taylor. (laughs) Welcome to the show. I should have said my last name, I'm Kyla Kahnedu, because that would have fit with this episode.
1: Yes, it's so on. It's what's it's trending. It's on trend. You're just trying to speak to current trends, right? It's not a genuine last name.
0: No, it's a genuine last name. Oh,
1: really? You're not just trying to like keep on top of what's cool <laughs> and on topic for this episode?
0: No, it is my legal name, Kyla Khatnefudo. Not your birth name, but your legal name. This is true. Not how I was born. I was not born this way. <laughs> <laughs> all Sorry, right well, Lady Gaga. yeah no thank you for that i'm glad yes. that we have that song yes. i'm glad we have lady gaga mostly though her new album is awesome have you listened to i it? agree i love it oh. and the million reasons has been a jam lately mm. i like the hey girl i like joanne ayo ayo i like uh what's the other one that i like um Something Girls, the it's a kind of beverage. Soda Pop Girls? No, <laughs> not the Outsiders. Um I Shoot, what is that song? Something Girls. Well there's uh, Hey Girl. Hey girl No, it's not that one. Is it well... Grigio Girls? <gasps> yes. Mm. Thank you, Spotify. Um, I was getting it on iTunes, but it didn't come up, <laughs> but it's there. This is becoming a little, little mini battle between I us. I know,
1: and it's not intentional. Like, I have no problem with you using iTunes.
0: I have no problem with using Spotify. Good. <laughs> then we can <laughs> be friends. I guess so. Uh, so, special today is we have a guest. Our yeah, speaking guest. of friends. We have Sarah Cushing who was born Sarah Cespedes, although I could say that much better. Sara Cespedes.
1: Which is a phenomenal last name, and it was yes. always one of my last, or favorite last names to say in college.
0: <laughs> yes, she kept her initials, but changed it some a little more American, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> more English. She was my roommate last semester in college, good friend, uh, we all went to the same school together. And so I'm sure, did you have some classes with her? or you? I'm
1: sure we had some writing classes together, because we were both writing majors, although not the same major.
0: Yeah, journalism, and then hers was professional writing. So uh, we think she could give us a little bit of expertise in this area, and you'll find out why, uh, but let's bring her on. Sarah! Hi! Hi! <laughs> Yay! Our guest is here! Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is so good to hear your voice. How are you doing, Miss Sarah?
2: Good. How are you, Taylor? It's been so long.
1: I know. I'm good. You are a cool person. I just wanted to say that. Oh,
2: <laughs> I have fond memories of you, Taylor.
1: Good. Probably being too loud, running through the J-Lab and, you know. Yep. <laughs>
0: We were all there.
1: Like counting you down to get your yearbook or something like that.
0: All all good stuff, though. (laughs) All right. well, this is Sarah, and I was introducing you earlier that your name is Sarah Cushing. Your legal name is Sarah Cushing, but your birth name would be, and you should pronounce it because I haven't said it in a while because it's not your name anymore, but what is your birth name, Sarah?
2: Uh, my birth name is Sara Céspedes.
0: See, I can never get the THs in there, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. People say I have a lisp when I speak in Spanish.
0: But you don't. It's how you're supposed to talk. See, that's what I always say. (laughs) And they're like, but no, we're used to Mexican Spanish. This does not make sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let's play the clip and get into this reference that you all want to hear us talk about. So,
2: you had a visitor tonight? Yeah. Who? Narcolepsy boy.
0: Dean came over?
2: Oh, yeah. He pulled the old tapping on the window bit. Were you mean? Excuse me. I am never mean. You were mean. He told me nothing happened. Nothing did. I know. You do, really? Rory, there are only two things that I totally trust in this entire world. The fact that I will never be able to understand what Charo is saying, no matter how long she lives in this country, and you. Hopefully not in that order.
1: Sarah, our first segment after we listen to the clip is, what did you make of this clip? Did it make sense to you? Did you know what Lorelai was talking about? Because sometimes we don't know what Lorelai is talking about. I usually don't. (laughs)
2: To be honest, I did not know what she was talking about. I know, shocker. But here's the thing. It's justifiable. (laughs) So I had to look up who Charo was, and I even asked my parents about it because I had no idea. And to be honest, they didn't either. Um, So I had a lot of fun learning about her and her acting career and her music, and to be honest, she was born in spain she she lived there um, but then she actually moved to the states in the 60s Mm. and that's where she really got famous and my parents and i didn't move to spain until 1991 so i think we had missed the whole charo (laughs) wave
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't know who it was either i just assumed with the name and not being able to understand her that it must be a person from another country but that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I know the
1: name, like I knew of the name Charo, but I could not tell you who that was, anything about her.
0: Right. Well, now we can tell everyone about her. She's from Spain. Yes. (laughs) P.S.
2: I started listening to a little bit of her music, actually, Um, because she's a uh, was a guitarist, and she played a style called flamenco. I actually used to take dance lessons of flamenco when I lived in Spain, so I got a lot of flashbacks listening oh, to her music cool. of like flowing skirts school. and learning the dances and my first pair of black heels, and
0: it was really fun. Wow, did you wear like, was there a special costume that you wore, special footwork? What was it like?
2: Yeah, it was the um the long flowy skirts. Mine was red and it was this shiny fabric. I remember my mom made it. Um but it was really fun cuz whenever we twirled, it would just f- flow and um I had my first pair of black little heels and I thought it was so cool stomping around the studio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just learning how to how to dance and her music is beautiful.
1: Mhm. Agreed. Yes. I was so impressed. So actually my first, when I was like looking into her for this episode, the first thing I did was listen to her music on Spotify, which is her, like some of it's poppy, but she also has like a flamenco guitar album. Mm -hmm. And then I got Mm -hmm. to know more of her public personality and it was (laughs) different than what I was expecting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, same here, because when I had seen her, I'll talk more about this later, but she was in Jane the Virgin, which is a show that I love that's on right now. Mm -hmm. I had that picture of her in my head, and when I went to iTunes to listen to her music and the flamenco guitar, I didn't think that it was her playing it. Mm. Because it just seemed so, and maybe that was just me like totally judging her, but (laughs) it just did not seem to fit because it was so beautiful and she's just very sporadic and peppy and I had no idea that it was her plane until I watched videos of her plane and I thought oh my goodness I completely misjudged this lady's talent mm-hmm. but that's really cool that you used to learn flamenco how old were you when you took those lessons and had black heels
2: <laughs> I was um eight and or nine around that time cute little Sarah <laughs> <laughs>
1: running around I feel like heels are a rite of passage uh, for many girls in western culture or like um it's just like oh I'm growing up I get a pair of heels but to get it for a dance lesson too that's awesome that's even more cool
2: yes well I was very much um a tomboy I would say because I had boy cousins and I was always running around getting holes in my pants and all that (laughs) stuff scraping my knees So it was really fun being girly for the first time in that sense Mm -hmm. and feeling a little bit like a grown-up.
0: And could you tell us, Sarah, because I know about your crazy moving around history, (laughs) but I don't know if Taylor does, and certainly people listening don't. So you want to give us a little background into Sarah and where you've been Sure. So
2: I was born in Caracas, Venezuela, and I lived there for, well, my parents were from there. My older brother was born there as well. Mm. And then when I was five months old, my whole family moved to Spain, and we lived outside of uh, Madrid, which is the capital. And we lived there for 10 years, and we moved to Pennsylvania back in 2001.
0: And there you stayed.
2: And there we stayed. There <laughs> I
0: still live. Now, one thing that Shadow is known for and especially showed in this clip is that Lorelai mentions is not being able to understand a word that she says, (laughs) even though she's lived here for decades. You said she moved here in the 60s, right? So decades. Mm -hmm. And when I first met Sarah, she was moving into the dorm and she had who I assumed was her mom, with her, moving her in. And I came in because I had lived there the past year, so I was welcoming the newbie, Sarah. You know, said hi, hello, and then turned to talk to her mom, and she had a thick accent. And I was so confused because Sarah did not have any accent, but... The woman with her was very thick, and so I thought, is she adopted? Like, is this her mother? Who is this person? And I can understand what she was saying, but the accent was still so heavy, and Sarah didn't have it. I just thought of that right away when we got into chatto, and uh, no one being able to understand what she says. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and when I first heard Lorelai say that, I was kind of like, oh. Well, once I knew more about Chara, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of a very just American way to look at charo's accent like it's just really hard to understand but then once i learn more about charo she seems to really lean into that and is fully Mm -hmm. aware so it seems intentional on her public persona part so i guess it kind of makes sense that lorelei would say that
0: yes it seems exaggerated yeah and you know i even watched her on jane the virgin and her pronunciation was much clearer than anything else that i heard
1: Hmm. Mm. Maybe when she's playing a part, she doesn't need to have it so thick.
0: Yeah, like she's trying to speak um, better English, so that... Because that's what the directors want? I don't know. Yeah, well, and then
1: actually she's on... uh, She just... Got booted on Dancing with the Stars a couple weeks ago, and I watched mm-hmm. some clips of her on Dancing with the Stars, and they gave her subtitles, even though she was speaking in English, <laughs> because her... Oh. So, okay, I found this really fun quote from her. This is, I found a New York Times review of a TV special she had in 1976, because this woman has been in the entertainment biz for so long. So mm-hmm. this is the New York Times. Charo has a boundless energy, modest performing talents, and a funny accent. Yes, is pronounced yes <laughs> for instance, and the audience, for some reason, never fails to laugh. If the pronunciation point might be missed, Charo spells it out. Fun, she says, F-A-N. Laughter, with whatever is the Spanish equivalent for chutzpah, she has put these ordinary ingredients together to make a reasonably professional career. <laughs> and that was, like... 30 or 40 years ago, and she is still alive and kicking and totally on top of her career. So I think she totally she knows is what she's doing. sticking with
0: that. Yeah, I mean, in so much of what I watched of her, she talked about how different things just made her money. And so she kept doing mm-hmm. them. She's <laughs> mm. <laughs> one of those
2: people that in watching clips and hearing her speak that you just think... Like, I couldn't tell where her character or brand, whatever you want to call it, ended and where she Mm. actually began. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hmm. I wonder what she's like not on camera. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, should I get into a little bio,
1: tell you a little bit about Charo? Yes, please. And if you know anything else that you learned in your own research, feel free to jump in, and Sarah, for sure... You can correct me on pronunciation because I took Spanish (laughs) class, but I'm confident it is not as wonderful as your pronunciation. So one of the fun things about Charo is nobody knows when she was born. She has successfully kept her age a secret, which I think is pretty impressive. So she's been in... Yeah. So she's been in showbiz for decades. I think this is her fifth decade in the entertainment business. So she's not a spring chicken, but she looks pretty good. (laughs) She has successfully kept it a secret, never given it away, and she was born in, you can correct me, Sarah, Murcia, Spain, M-U-R-C-I-A, Murcia? (laughs) Murcia. See, that's so much better. It's Murcia. Perfect. (laughs) Her full name was Maria Rosaria Pilar Martinez Molina Baeza. Okay, let's let Sarah do that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Can you remember all that, Sarah? (laughs) I haven't
2: here i just read it
1: okay it's
2: maria del rosario mercedes pilar martinez molina baeza
1: yay oh that's so much more beautiful (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you were totally right she came here in the 60s she grew up learning guitar at age seven from local gypsies which is gypsy culture i have heard of that in russia too is that still pretty prevalent in spain do you know
2: I know that it was when we lived there, but I don't know what the culture around that is like right now.
0: Okay. Did you interact with it at all when you were there?
2: No. No, I didn't. But I I, I remember my parents telling stories, or or there was the the common joke of, you know, they would have even children who were gypsies there. And sometimes they would be pickpocketing people. And so it was just that whole sort of culture that turned into a bit of a joke of, like, if the, if a kid was actually able to pickpocket you, then they kind of earned it, and they should be able to keep it because <laughs> that's not an easy task to do. <laughs> but I just heard stories. I don't remember, at least when I was a kid, not interacting with gypsies when I lived there. Right, gotcha.
1: Mm-hmm. So they did not teach you to play classical guitar, like they did Charlie. No,
2: but look at how maybe I would have turned out if they had. (laughs) For real, you already had the dancing down.
0: (laughs) If that had
2: missed opportunity.
0: So
1: then, she married a band leader named Xavier Cugat to get to the states, and they pretty much publicly said it was just a marriage of convenience and career. (laughs) They lived in separate Mm -hmm. rooms, and she was pretty young. I think he was a lot older than she was.
0: And then her big breakout when they got married.
1: Mm, Oh, so maybe we do know her age. Either way, she was pretty young. He got her into places, into clubs, to play. And her big breakout moment was when she was on the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. So this is, I think, where her experience with the accent came, because she asked if she could play flamenco on the show, and the producer said, "This isn't a zoo. We don't have flamingos for you to play." With. Oh my
2: god! Oh boy! <laughs>
1: So, she was on the show, she played, and then whenever she didn't know what Johnny Carson was saying, because her English was still, like, she still didn't know how to respond as well in English at this point, maybe her understanding was great, but it sounds like she was not good at speaking English yet. So, whenever she didn't know the answer to a question, she just wiggled her body and said, coochie, coochie. And... (laughs) So that is her catchphrase. So if you hear anyone say Coochie Coochie, it is from Charo.
0: Which I saw a couple interviews with her, and she told how she got that. Coochie Coochie comes from her dog, who is named coochie for knife. The word for knife. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they named their dog Knife, but they did. And (laughs) (laughs) she said that he had an accident that hurt his back, and so he... Couldn't move as fluidly, so just his bottom would wiggle up and down. And so, anyway, she's trying to mimic his movement actually, and she would call him Coochie because it's shorter. And that is where it came from her dog's broken back. (laughs) So she told that to, it was on Larry King. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that just turned into her catchphrase. Yeah, and she even said in it that I did that, and then people gave me money. So I kept on doing it.
1: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then Johnny Carson kept inviting her back. She was on the show a bunch of times. And then she went on Mm -hmm. to have roles on The Love Boat and Hollywood Squares and Fantasy Island. And so she just stayed busy. And now she's still performing today. She has gone on several tours playing flamenco guitar and dancing and singing. And she's... Still up and moving. She's on Dancing with the Stars. She's one talented lady. She understands the business. (laughs) Still going strong. I would say so. And, fun fact, she also speaks French, Italian, and Japanese. Really? Yeah. Which makes me think that she knows the accent is super thick and she just plays it up for her public personality.
0: That makes sense. Wow. Wow. Interesting, that's a lot of language. That's so cool. Well,
1: and I read one article where they interviewed her, and she said, Called Coochie Coochie, that baloney thing that showed me the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> so, joke's on you if you think she's silly. <laughs>
2: Hola, my name is Charo or the Gucci Gucci girl, but my real name is Maria Rosario Pilar, Martina Molina, Gutiérrez de los Perales, Santana, Romanguerella. Guerrero Aga...
0: y I'm sure you noticed that her hair remained huge and the same yes. since she started. But did you also notice that she is wearing the exact same dress, but a different color in everything that she does? No? No. It is the same cut, the sleeves, slightly poofy, a little low cut in the front, but not, not so low cut. The <laughs> skirt is above her knees and poofed out, and it's usually in pink, sometimes in red, sometimes in blue, but usually pink. Mm-hmm. And I saw her in that in every single interview that I watched. I think maybe there was one that was different, but I watched... Many, many clips of her, and it was the same dress and the same hair. I thought that was hysterical. Like, she hasn't changed a bit. That's so
1: funny. (laughs) I've definitely noticed the hair. Yes. Mm Because that has been consistent over the years. Which is so thick and beautiful.
0: My goodness. Mm -hmm. How does it stay up? I just want to know. Well, it looks like she puts padding underneath her ponytail, because it is, like, straight up on top of her head. (laughs) Maybe she uses a bumpit. Do you guys remember those?
1: Yeah, TV <laughs> maybe she's got a bumpit. Yeah, bump I think it. she
0: does. I think she does because her ponytail is not touching her head, no. like it is off the ground. <laughs> but I guess if, I mean, if you got a look that is giving you money, just like coochie coochie, then I guess keep going. Why with change it. it? Yeah. Why change it? <laughs> I think she
1: might have, even this outfit you're describing sounds like what she wore on Dancing with the Stars and the performance I watched.
0: Yes, I'm sure it was. (laughs) If she had any say in it, it was a pink dress just like that. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely had some catchphrases. Some other ones were she described how she kept her body in shape and Mm -hmm. she would hold her hands together and kind of, she would actually do the, the exercise that Jen did in the movie from several episodes back, Taylor. Um, oh, Valley of the Dolls? Valley of the Dolls. She would stand there and do her chest exercises. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is her morning routine. If you want to
2: have a good body, you run, okay? Then wear a brassiere, otherwise in two weeks your maracas will be hanging down to the floor. <laughs> Then you do that after Rani. Miro, mirror on the wall, make my maracas 44. <laughs> then, por favor, por favor,
0: lift my butt up off the floor. I know. So, yeah, maracas, she liked to talk about those. And I noticed <laughs> in the interviews, the men interviewing her, they enjoyed talking about them as well. And I did not care. For the Ogiline from decades ago and also more recently. She had an interview on Fox News in 2002.
1: How many people in show business do you know by one name? Elvis, Cher, Liberace. When you've made it to one name status, you've made it. Charo is known for her big hair and her engaging
2: personality. (laughs) So
0: classy. Okay. (laughs) And his face is just like, (laughs) guys. Oh, wow.
1: I mean... You know, not to get political, but, you know, we're a little... That's relevant to current events.
0: (laughs) It is with Fox News. It is. um, Doesn't seem so We did not plan that with...
1: We did not plan this with that in mind,
0: but there you go. We say again, we are not a political podcast. These things just come up. (laughs) I know. So, I mean, but she... She talked about herself in that way somewhat. I don't think that... Other people other than close friends could then have the right to talk about those things with her, but to bring them up themselves. But um, I think, again, what we were talking about is so true. She had a brand and she stayed consistent. And part of that was her look, yeah. a big part of that.
1: Yes. The look and the accent, I would say. Yeah here's my other favorite quote from her. So she apparently got some pushback when she wanted to make this flamenco guitar album. And the people who were pushing back were saying that she was going to go broke. So she said, if I get broke, I can always be an English teacher.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. In the interviews, yeah, definitely people couldn't understand what she was saying. And then they would, she would always repeat back, well, I'm speaking English, aren't I? you don't need a translator if I'm speaking English and so she just played it up and I think everyone just was able to laugh with her and at her and I don't know it seems like she doesn't mind hmm. mm-hmm. but one funny quote that I heard from her that I think Sarah will be able to empathize with her about this she was talking about something exciting and she said I get bumps all over my goose no. <laughs> 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 and I know Sarah, you have some trouble with our little sayings idioms. and idioms. They're the worst. <laughs> Do you still run across them that you haven't heard before that you don't yes, know?
2: Yes, for sure. Yes, <laughs> I even miss. I even missed one up today. <laughs> to be
1: honest, what was
2: it? <laughs> um, I forget what we were talking about. We were. I was at work, and I meant to say. Well, what I said was, you can knock two birds with one stone.
1: Oh,
2: and, dude, so close. <laughs> and whenever I try to say an idiom, I'll try to validate it. And so I'll ask somebody else and say, I, I turned to my coworker and I was like, right, right. I, I said that correctly, right. And she just kind of <laughs> laughed and, and very sadly shook her head and said, well, it's technically to kill two birds with one stone. And I was trying to argue that basically it's the same thing, but. It
0: kind of is. Well, I mean, but are they dead after you knock? What is knocking a bird? (laughs) Knocking it down? Yes, knocking it down. Uh, I don't know.
2: It's it's a (laughs) non-violent version. (laughs) Just just slightly
0: less violent,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) I never noticed that from you, Sarah, in several years of college. So that's funny you say that because I never remember having that experience with you at all i
2: always try to hide it but some people could tell because there'd be like a second that my face will that'll just look so confused but then i would just try to play it off
0: <laughs> well you played it off very well apparently oh well thank you uh, but i think i also i remember teaching you there's more than one way to which is a at.
2: horrible saying <laughs> it's
0: horrible it is i guess it, it is. is yeah that's sort of gross
2: and the whole oh, what was one that i heard recently. Beating a dead horse?
0: What is that? Yeah. What is that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of cruel, now that you think about it. Now that you talk about it like that. I had never thought about it that way.
2: And I have to say, I think you used one, Taylor. What was it? Spring chicken? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out what the... I mean, (laughs) from the context, I could figure out that it was, I'm assuming... Like, younger? Like, not new?
1: Yeah. That's basically what I meant by it. Like, she's just not... she's not a spring chicken. She's not a young person because she's in her fifth decade of showbiz. But I was using a more idiomatic way to say it because, one, we don't actually know her age... And two, because sometimes I feel like when you talk about a woman's age, you need to be careful. (laughs) So, I
0: wanted to be more euphemistic about it. (laughs) I love that that, like, what we're talking about just happened, like, ten minutes
1: ago (laughs) when we were
0: recording. And, Taylor, what did you say? That was a more idiom...
1: Idiomatic?
0: Idiomatic. Oh, Oh, euphemistic? Or euphemistic? Like euphemism? No, idiom. Idiom addict because actually oh, okay. or actually I just bought a game that Sarah I will never play with you because it wouldn't be fair. Oh, no. But it's called Idiom Addict, oh, and the cards give you a summary or it changes all the words in an idiom, and you have to guess what it is. Oh my goodness! Didn't didn't I tell th- tell you about you this? You did. Sarah? I actually do want to
2: try oh, okay. it, even though I know it will
1: be disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun. But it kind yeah, of it's... sounds like Balderdash. Did you ever play that? I've never heard of that. I have, but that was a I don't game we played. Part of it. Sometimes when my eighth grade language arts teacher wanted to kill time, we would play <laughs> Balderdash, and it's basically like you have to guess definitions of really outdated words or really uncommon idioms. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah, I remember that. And this one is like kill two birds with one stone. Might be like and the lives of a pair of flying animals with oh. a single rock.
2: Oh, and then you have
0: to so, yeah. you have to say the idiom then. Oh. Yeah.
1: That sounds hard.
0: Yeah, it it is, but I've gotten better at it more you've played with people. Hmm, I would watch um that. and it's funny cuz Yeah, we should <laughs> we should play. Um cuz we We've played with some people, and Rod, I mentioned earlier that my legal name is now Cajneru, and that's Portuguese name, so um, just talk, speaking of Latin America. So my husband is, I didn't know if he'd be able to play it, but he learned so much of his English from, like, The Simpsons. I don't know. So he <laughs> knows all these idioms because he's watched so much TV and things to learn his English, so...
1: Huh.
0: So he was fine with them. It's kind of funny. But he still mispronounces, like, all the same words that, Sarah, I've heard you mispronounce. Is It's the same. So it must be something with the English language or just some more difficult hmm. words to understand. I try to avoid those. <laughs> and I try to make you say them. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst.
1: Guys, is it the princess diaries where there's an old man that walks in a room and starts, like, going, like, ooh, ooh, like... And someone says, sorry, he learned his English from the Three Stooges.
0: Yeah, Taylor, wait a that's what, I even thought of that too. And I was like, wait, is that, did he say The Simpsons in that? And I was like, wait, is that Rod or is that that movie? Well,
1: after you said that, I was going, I know I've heard that somewhere else. And then I realized it was a movie. So I have, now I know that is maybe actually an accurate reflection of a way to learn English. Yeah.
2: I watched a lot (laughs) of SpongeBob SquarePants. And I have to say, I learned a lot from, from him.
1: Oh, that's too
0: funny. <laughs> Wait. Meh! <laughs> I can do a pretty good laugh. Meh! <laughs> Wait, who just did that? Kyla. Because it
1: sounded really good. Like, Thank you. I wondered if you did it out of your phone.
0: <laughs> no, yes, I did
1: it. Oh my gosh. It's been a while since I've watched Spongebob, so maybe I'm rusty, but i that was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it hasn't been that long for me. <laughs> Good one, Patrick. So there were some different places that I saw that definitely teased Chato for her heavy accent, and... The one that I saw was on The Carol Burnett Show, which is near and dear to my heart. Have you guys watched any of Carol Burnett? No. I've watched clips, like the Gone with the Wind curtain dress. Yes. That's a classic one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you couldn't you couldn't curse on television, so it was, frankly, my dear, I don't give a... And she slammed the door in his face <laughs> so they didn't hear it. Okay, well, Carol Burnett, she ran a... What would you call it? Like SNL, except it was all her and a couple of guys, and then guest stars. Mm-hmm. Like and a variety it was hysterical. show. Hysterical variety show. That's the word. Thank you. She hosted a variety show in the 70s, maybe. That sounds right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 70s. That would fit with uh, Chato uh, when she was most popular. But she had a couple skits that she did of Chato, and they were pretty funny. Carol Burnett. Played Charo, and she had um, the other, the one other outfit that Charo wore, which was (laughs) a a onesie with no back. The material went from started at her shoulders and then didn't reappear until her butt, and uh, pants with bell bottoms at the bottom and fur up her calves. And she had the big hair, and the first. One that they did was, it was an actor, and the director was telling him, oh, your castmate is, she's out sick, but I have this new replacement, don't worry, she's great. And so he's like, okay, so he starts the play, and he's saying, oh, my dear sick wife. Hello? <laughs> yes, hello, doc.
1: Have you gotten the results yet on my, on my wife's tests? What?
0: You say she's taken a turn for the worse? What, she may go at any moment? No, no, I'm not surprised. She's been getting weaker every day.
2: Thank you, Doctor. You're very kind.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dean, my fragile, broken little blossom.
0: Uh, Howard, you're the doctor just said you're dying. And she's like, no, I'm not. Coochie, coochie, ah! This is going absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Dancing and dancing and just over and over and over again.
1: (laughs) Ah! Hello, Randolph. You are late. I was getting worried about you. Coochie, coochie.
0: So she is just jumping up and down and gyrating and. Going nuts. Very much. I'm looking at pictures of it, and it is hilarious looking.
1: (laughs) The sparkly outfit. Yes. Well, and I'm looking at one where Charo herself was on, and so they have Carol Burnett and Charo in the same outfit, but Charo looks really pretty, and Carol Burnett... (laughs) Well, we'll just say it's not the most flattering outfit on her. It's like a bra top and flared sequin pants. And they have obviously done some work to make Carol Burnett look less attractive. Like, this is obviously not
0: her real body. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those those made me laugh, definitely. <laughs> and then, yeah, like I said earlier, I mentioned earlier that she was on Jane the Virgin. What, what? <laughs> and she was, let's say, she was friends with Rogelio. Or, help me say that better. Rogelio. Rog- Rogelio. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and she was fun, but she was not nearly as crazy, and her English came across better. And I th- Jane the Virgin, I, I think, I view as a breakthrough show as far as diversity in cast because Mm -hmm. the lead is not white and the supporting actors and actresses are not white Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you know it's a venezuelan family which i i immediately thought of sarah and she's a writer just like sarah and that made me so happy (laughs) anyways so chato came on and she came across differently than she normally did and I thought that maybe that was on purpose and that was the producers saying, hey, we kind of, I guess, try to, we don't stereotype Latinos and don't focus on people having different ways of talking. Mm. (laughs) So I, I imagine that maybe they didn't want that side of her. And so she was just very, she was still chato and she was fun. But she was not jumping up and down or yelling. She did say coochie, coochie, Gucci, though. Um, but I think at this point, I mean, she has to. But, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was just stark, very uh, stark difference between that and her persona on television.
2: I saw a little bit of a Larry King interview that she did about that, about her, her guest star in Jane the Virgin. And she was hmm. mentioning how... She was so honored to be a part of it, especially because because of what you just mentioned. It's it's it is a breakthrough show, and and it's so great to see a Latino woman as the main actress, and mm-hmm. and she said she was so honored to be to be a part of that, and I'm sure that spoke to her as who she is to be able to to be in that kind of show.
0: Yeah.
1: Guys, you're making me want to watch Jane the Virgin so much. It's been on my Netflix queue for a while and I just haven't gotten around to it. But it sounds you like have a great to. show.
0: Yeah, it it's hysterical. And it's so great. the way they play off of uh, what are they called? Telenovelas. Telenovelas. Yes. So <laughs> okay. I
1: actually started one of the episodes that she was in to prep for this episode. And then when they did the rundown of all the plot summary that had happened before. Because this was in season two, I was like, um, maybe this is going to be too much work to try and watch this one episode in season two. So, but I loved the sassy personality of the narrator recap guy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think he won an Emmy, didn't he? Oh, did he? Wow. I know
1: that Gina Rodriguez won Best Actress at the Golden Globes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She was the first actress to win one for a show that was on the CW. And then the next year, the woman who won was also on a show on the CW. So I guess they broke that, oh, <laughs> just <wow>. record clean. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, God, for making me an artist. Um, I wanted to thank, Oh,
2: I want to thank uh, CBS, Leslie Montvez, and David Staff for believing in me, my awesome president. At the CW, Mark Pedowitz,
1: you rock. Ben Silverman, thank you, Jenny Ehrman, for making me your Jane. Thank you to Stephen Foss and the Jane TV, Jane the Virgin, cast and crew. Thank you to my entire cast. I am nothing without
0: you. Thank you to my mom and my dad, who are telling me to dream big and to never stop dreaming to my siblings, to my sister, Evelise and Rebecca, for being the biggest role models in my life. This
1: award is so much more than myself. It represents a culture that wants to see themselves as heroes. (laughs) My father used to tell me to say every morning, today's gonna be a great day, I can, and I will. Well, Dad, today's a great day, I can,
0: and I did. (laughs) So did your mom watch telenovelas in Spain? Did you watch them? Because Jane watched them in the show as a young girl, so I'm wondering if you did too.
2: <laughs> I remember watching one. I can't remember what it was called. I remember <laughs> the plot line a little bit, but I remember watching it with my mom, but I remember not being allowed to watch certain episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but they are just as dramatic as jane the virgin would lead you to believe <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah really me oh, corazón abuela it is not what you think you creo que tú me has mintiendo por mucho tiempo no i didn't i i got accidentally
2: Oh, I don't even know how to say this in Spanish. No, no, I didn't.
0: The doctor made a mistake. I went to the appointment and she accidentally put a sample of a man into me. Okay.
1: Well, side note, I did check. Anthony Mendez. Say it for us, Sarah, because it's so beautiful. Mendez? Yes. Yeah, see, that's so much better when you say it. <laughs> he ha- was nominated for two Emmys. He did not win. Oh, but he didn't. Win. Okay.
0: Oh, he's so good. Yeah, there's a category for narrator. Apparently. Huh. Does Morgan Freeman like win every year?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see who he was up against, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman, uh... who likes him. <laughs> Okay, so I recommended the show to you, Sarah, Jane the Virgin, but Mm -hmm. I want to know, have you, like, seen that? Do you connect with it a lot? Does it mean something to you to have that story on TV? I think it's great. I loved it. I was hesitant to watch it at first, just because of the
2: title, to be honest. Um, (laughs) And I thought, oh, I don't want to watch something that's just going to make fun of her and her decision to get married before having sex, but it was so funny. I mean, even from the first couple minutes of just watching it, I loved it. I loved the whole play on Terenovellas, and I loved that the grandmother only speaks in Spanish, and Mm. just the bilingual sense of it. And, yeah, I did identify with, um, obviously, the fact that she's a writer, but also just so much of... um, the culture shifts, and and especially for for the grandmother interacting, you know, outside of the household with people who who don't necessarily speak Spanish, and mm. um, yeah, I loved it. I think they do such a good job.
0: Huh. And how did you? Why did you connect with the grandmother and her experience?
2: I guess because it reminds me of when I first moved here and I couldn't really communicate with people <laughs> and just the whole strangeness of of being surrounded by people and being so different from them
0: and mm-hmm.
2: also then identifying with Jane who, you know, she doesn't really have an accent and she's uh, very educated and if it wasn't for you know, the fact that I am white throws a lot of people off. And mm-hmm. they, you know, I've had jokes of people saying that they don't actually believe that I'm from Spain or that I grew up there because I don't look it. And and so, and, and because I have no accent. And so it's cool seeing her not having an accent and and kind of seeing that part of play of it as well with her balancing these two cultures especially with um, you know how her grandmother raised her and her grandmother's views and having that and having that history and that heritage but also living in a completely different culture at the same time and balancing both and it goes beyond so much more the language and it's you know they talk about religion and they talk about lifestyle choices and all that stuff and so I could definitely connect with Having these two different parts of you, and wanting them to fit together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you've balanced them, or like you've had Lynn to personally, the same... mm-hmm. or in the show? No, you.
2: Um. Yes, I. I think so. I think there's there's definitely aspects of my heritage that I bring into my life now, um, which even not being married to a guy who's an American. And, um, I mean, I, I am as well, but he has lived in the U.S. his whole life. Yeah. And um, just the funny differences that we, that I, I hadn't really thought about until we had somebody who um, was not used to our culture being in our, in our house so often when I lived with my parents, just how we're so much more relaxed with time and mm-hmm. um, Josh, my husband is such a punctual person. Like, if you're early, you're on time for him. And it's a completely <laughs> different shift from me, who, you know, I grew up in a culture where you kind of take your time and everybody knows that you'll get there when you get there and it's fine. And meals are not rushed, they're a couple hours
0: long. Mm-hmm. And
2: um, especially during holidays, you know, you're just going to sit there at the table and eat and then you're going to talk and eat some more. So it's really. It's funny having these differences, but bring them together into our marriage. But still being flexible to say, okay, this is something that doesn't really fit into the culture I live in now. And so there's a give and take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when you're describing, back to Jane the Virgin, when you're describing Jane, it almost sounds like the opposite of Charo. (laughs) Do you feel like... (laughs) The character of Jane is kind of a rebuttal of Charo and, like, and obviously Charo fully knows what she's doing with her career. Like, I do not think she has no control over her image, but at the same time, like, there were some things that were projected early on her in her career that she just decided to run with. Mm hmm Like, do you feel like the character of Jane is kind of a rebuttal of some of that stereotype?
2: Oh, sure. Yes. It's often in television and in movies um, when you have people from different culture or speak a different language, especially if there's an accent, they always play on that, and that's hmm. that's always exaggerated. It's it's always the punchline with everything. Yeah. And Jane the Virgin doesn't do that. That's that's not a thing. It's not even. Um, from what I remember, and Kyla, you can correct me, it's not, it's not even something that's brought up even with the grandmother. No. It's just how, how they are, and it's just how it is, and it's not something that they need to address or point out, because mm-hmm. it's just how they talk. It's just normal.
1: Yeah. No, you're definitely right about, not that, not that I thought you were wrong, but I mean about, like, the accent. <laughs> it's so much a punchline and so many different Things, different movies and tv yeah. shows
2: Mm-hmm. which i think there has to be a point where you can laugh at yourself i mean i learned i learned to laugh at myself when i get the american idioms wrong <laughs> and i can't pronounce some words but at the same time you know it's i can do it around people who i know are not going to make fun of me for it but i know who are going to right. just laugh along with me instead of at me and there's a real difference in that. And so I think with Jane the Virgin, it just, yeah, I really like it because it's it's just normal to them. They live in a bilingual household, and they have two cultures, and it's just normal. And that's how I grew up. Like, this is just how life is.
1: Guys, I think I'm going to go watch Jane the Virgin after we <laughs> finish recording. <laughs> I think you
0: should. <laughs> that can be your weekend. Catch up with yeah. us. Oh no,
1: I was going to be productive. (laughs) Well, and before we exit the Charo discussion, I have one last tidbit about her. There's actually a second Charo reference in the Gilmore Girls verse, the Gilmore Girls universe. In episode 313, Dear Emily and Richard... Lorelai and Emily have this conversation.
2: No maid tonight? Leilani usually takes Sundays off, but she wanted to switch. And seeing as it's just you and I, I said yes. Leilani, huh? Very exotic name. She's from Honolulu. Cool. Does she know Don Ho? No. Charo? No. The CNH Pure Cane Sugar Dancers? Lorelai, please, we don't have a buffer here tonight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that lovely moment brought to you by Charo. I, when I first looked that up, I thought, why would, hawaii tie-in with charo and that's because she actually lived in hawaii for a long Mm -hmm. time my goodness so there you go
2: she went to a restaurant there or something right
1: i think so i think she performed at the restaurant with her second husband
0: (laughs) an actual husband (laughs) maybe yes (laughs) yes
1: someone who she seemed to have a non-business or not just a business relationship with.
0: Well that's good. I'm glad she had that. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and they had a son together. Is he in show business? I don't know. That's a great follow up question that I did not think to look up.
0: Hmm. I did see I did see him in my research and he looked like like a prince charming type, like the thick hair that he could just run his fingers through and <laughs> Strong jawbone.
1: I, Lorelai said that she will never understand Charo no matter how long she lives in this country yeah
2: I don't know if Charo wants her to understand her
1: exactly that's exactly what I was gonna say I think
0: Charo is working hard to make sure Lorelai did not know (laughs) that is all part of the plan yeah I I mean just listening to her I it's true I could not understand her much at all and I just wondered if the interview or if the interviewers were just nodding their heads uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but not actually understanding it
1: and just like Charo's unreliably or hmm, how to say this just like Charo's reliably unreliable accent rory is a
0: reliable good
1: teenager <laughs> is that a good segue yeah yeah, I mean, that's
0: definitely what um, what she meant by that, is absolute faith in the fact that she won't be able to understand Charo, and, which we're going to say is going to a for-sure thing, and so she can definitely trust Rory.
1: <laughs> which, well, and it's interesting that this conversation at the vending machines in the hospital, which, for the record, this is after the episode where Dean and Rory fall asleep in Miss Patty's and get in trouble... And Lorelei is saying to Rory, I know nothing happened now, but you are your mother's daughter, and that will not always be the case. So maybe Rory is not as reliable as Charo.
0: Hmm. So there's some hope.
1: And I would say in the grand scheme of the show, Rory is not as reliable as Charo's accent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and doesn't Rory make a comment about the order in which Lorelai says those two things?
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: Pray it afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
0: He's you're like, right. I hope not in that order
2: or something like that.
0: <laughs> That's a good call out. <laughs> and, you know, going back to us talking about Jane the Virgin being a. <laughs> what? Back you're, back laugh- why you're laughing. What? Are you laughing I'm bringing it back up? <laughs> back to Jane the Virgin. <laughs> okay, no, but I'm bringing it back to Gilmore Girls. I promise. <laughs> but you're right. I can't stop. But Jane the Virgin being a great representation of a Latino family, Gilmore Girls with Lane Kim and Mrs. Kim and Mr. Kim kind of <laughs> in the revival. <laughs> um, but I watched I watched a really great interview. I'll put on our Tumblr. But it was uh, let's see, Kiko Agina is I'm not pronouncing her name correctly, and then the actress. I think it's Keiko Agina. I Keiko Agina. Okay. As she was interviewing the actress who plays Mrs. Kim, they're interviewing each other. And Mrs. Kim said that when she came in for her interview, she came in talking very heavy Korean accents, you know, nodding her head and just that stereotype. And they said, No, 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 we don't want you to play it that, quite like that, like lessen it. And so she just, she chilled a little bit and that's how it came out. So it was, <laughs> it was new to play, to have a, Korean family highlighted on a show because they were certainly not just drive by characters, they were a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So they were doing it long before Jane the Virgin was here, so go get one. Yeah. Girls. I would love
1: to get more feedback on the representation of their Korean Seventh day Adventist family because mm-hmm. there are certain mm-hmm. things that like I agree, it's great like to have a Korean family on a network show, especially when uh, Gilmore Girls is not particularly known for its diversity. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> as much as I love the show, that is not one of its strong points. And so I would love, but I'm obviously not the person who can make a yay or nay definitive statement on whether it's overall good or bad. But I know that the character of Lane is based on um, the producer, Helen Pye, her growing up, and her mom was a Seventh-day Adventist. So, I would like to think that there's some truth in there, for sure, if it's based on the life of someone who's close to the show.
0: Yeah. And I think they they did
2: a good job, and again, I, I don't know much about the culture, to be honest, so maybe this isn't a fair statement, but I don't think they... There's jokes about it, but not in a making fun of it kind of way. It's just right. kind of drawing humor as they would draw humor out of Everything
0: else, yeah, I agree with that it's It's not made fun of it's yeah, it's just humor like they would with anything else. That's a good way to put it, well, and so much of the show too, is about mothers and daughters and the differences yeah. they
1: have because of their different upbringings too. So I think Mrs. Kim and Lane is most obviously a foil for Rory and Lorelei, but also you have Lorelei and Emily who have the more contentious relationship which is a little more like lane and mrs kim mm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. an aisle where you get kissed by the new kid is a good aisle oh my god i can't breathe okay sit down no i can't sit down i'm too oh my god he kissed me who kissed you the lord mama oh okay then well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. This was a
2: blast. Yes, thank you so much. You guys are doing a great job. Love your show. Oh,
0: thank thanks. You. We paid her to Love say that. <laughs> We're her sponsor. <laughs> Sarah, is there anywhere that people can read your stuff or follow you? I am starting a couple of projects. And I am hoping
2: to get more of a blog set up, but I can let you know in the future.
1: I maybe know of a Twitter account that might retweet you if that were to happen.
0: <laughs> Aww, <laughs> you know. Well thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can support. think of one. <laughs> well that's our show guys. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! We did it! Episode 11! We are just flying past the double digits now. We're just moving on into them. Okay,
1: so the bummer is, though, it only
0: took 10 to get to double
1: digits, but now it takes an additional 89 to get to the triple digits. (laughs) So the benchmarks become much further away.
0: Yeah, but we can take other benchmarks before that. Like 25. That's true. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah, that's a
1: benchmark. That's great. It's a quarter.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you guys like this episode, you should rate us, share a review on iTunes. That is a great way to help us get into the ears of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And we might might even highlight some of those reviews. So give us some puns. And yes. we will share them. The more terrible, the better. We like puns. You can find us on Twitter at So It's a Show. And individually, I'm at Kyla Kahnedu. That's K Y L A C A R N E I R O. And I'm Taylor. And you can find me at T
1: Blake24 on
0: Twitter. Woo woo. Ta da! Okay. Next episode, guys. We are moving away from tv and into sports i know i can't believe it myself because Loreline rory not so sporty except for that one time in racquetball which didn't go well um um and also
1: kyla i can't speak for you but taylor is not the most sporty either so um... she is she attempts to be active but she is not exactly what you call um, athletic
0: yeah, I've, I've enjoyed soccer in my time. But, yeah, like running is pretty good for me. It's just straight line, some turns. Mm. <laughs> mm. But we're getting into sports that are on television. Olympics. Every four Ba-ba-ba-ba. years. Or every two, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> and there's one particular rivalry that dominated our TVs many years ago. And we're gonna get into that. So here's the clip. Ciao. Gucci, Gucci. Gucci, Gucci.
2: Look, I found them. Where? They were in that drawer with the roasting pans. Cool. Ooh, skates. Roy and I have a skating date. I'm Nancy Kerrigan. And I'm Tanya Harding. I'm gonna do the whole shoelace coming untied, nervous breakdown, let me start again act, and everything.